Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Could the Big 12 and the Big 10 land the kill shot on the Pac-12? It's looking like that is a possibility. That's what's coming up on today's Neighborhood Watch. I am your host, Josh Neighbors. You are watching Crystal Ball College Football, part of the 365 Sports Network. Once again, the show is Neighborhood Watch. You guys can find it wherever you get your podcast and here on YouTube right now. We're crushing it right now. Five-plus days a week, Big 12 content. We are on the way to 12,000 subscribers on the channel. Please help us reach that goal by subscribing, like the videos, and leave your comments as well. There's a lot to get to today, so let's get to it. One more thing, at NWPod365, at Josh Neighbors underscore on the Twitters. Let's get after it. So today was going to talk about the possibility for the Big 12 adding the remaining three four-corner schools, Utah, Arizona, and also Arizona State after they've now added Colorado Great work from Ross Dellinger kind of painting that grim piece for the Pac-12. But we got some news related to the Big Ten and their pursuit of potential Pac-12 schools. This came from Dan Wetzel. Sources, Big Ten has begun preliminary talks to potentially add Oregon, Washington, Cal, and Stanford. The Big Ten has begun exploratory discussions about expanding membership to 18 or even 20 teams, industry sources have told Yahoo Sports. The schools being considered are Oregon, Washington, and if the league adds two schools, Cal and Stanford, if it wants to move to 20. All four institutions are currently members of the Pac-12 Conference. The discussions are in very early stages, sources caution. No decision, including on whether to expand or stay at 16 teams, has been made or is considered imminent. Big 10 may also partially wait to see what happens with other Pac-12 schools and their potential Big 12 before acting. However, ballooning the league to as many as 20 teams by adding six West Coast flank, UCLA and USC, is a real possibility. This is especially true of the Pac-12, which dates back to 1915, falls apart in the near future. A group of four Big 10 university presidents have begun preliminary process on Wednesday. The day prior, Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyavkov presented a media rights package to his membership that was heavy on games appearing on Apple Plus subscription streaming service. Revenue estimates were as low as $20 million per year per school, 
By comparison, the Big Ten schools will receive a minimum of $50 million a year with games mostly appearing on linear television, CBS, Fox, and NBC. That number is expected to grow annually. Meanwhile, the Big 12 has a 31.7 per year package for schools. Last week, Colorado obviously left the league, and Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah are talking about a change as well. Uh, the Pac-12 splintering. Oregon, Washington, St Cal, and Stanford renew their push to the Big Ten, seeking a safe and far richer harbor for its athletic programs in 2024. The Big Ten has been reluctant to move to 20 teams, even if many in college athletics believe expansive super conferences are inevitable. One reason has been the hesitancy to deliver the final destructive blow to the Pac-12, although the poaching of USC and UCLA caused massive destabilization. So I want to I want to note this. Let's stop right there. So and, and Pete Thamel put this out there, too. Guys, college athletics, and, you, and miss me with the uh, they get scholarships and whatnot. I knew college athletes. I was around them all the time, all right? A lot of their educations are controlled. Like, th there's a whole lot of just trying to keep the kids eligible to keep them playing sports. It's great they're in schools and whatnot, but, like, they're not giving – I've got a lot of ideas about this, but they're not giving – a lot of kids aren't getting the tools they need to be successful later on in life. Honestly, I'm a big proponent of uh, teaching kids how to use their football, basketball, whatever they play – uh, and to parlay that into the sports world, right? Uh, broadcast classes, finance classes, business classes, just even, you know, almost kind of a major in athletics in some ways, you know, because a lot of people, and I was at an event last night where a lot of guys who played Razorback football in the state of Arkansas, state there loves their Razorbacks, have had awesome, successful careers using their talents plus their on-field notoriety to be able to carve a career out for themselves. I work with one David Basil Every single day, he's fantastic on the radio, hosting a four-hour radio show. I'm a big believer they should be teaching kids how to do that. But really, the goal of those classes is just to keep the kids eligible sometimes. So miss me with that whole argument that, hey, you know, it's, uh, it's either getting education or getting paid. No, these games make millions and billions of dollars for these schools. It, we making money here off the backs of unpaid labor. That's really what we are. Even the Supreme Court, I think it was either Neil Gorsuch or uh, Kavanaugh, wrote the opinion about, you know, talking about NIL and whatnot, being like, this is the only business in America where this happens, where these guys are not paid directly, right? The television contract is for college football, right? The players don't see any money of that. They are not paid any money of that. You say, well, you know, scholarships and whatnot, you know, they're getting it paid. Yeah, the scholarships and stuff, guys, like a lot of that stuff, number one, a lot of it's donations. Like, you know, there are certain families, you know, are like, it's this scholarship that you're on, at least at some schools. That is the way that it works. And sure, you're getting a scholarship, whatnot, room and board, but like the school needs you there to make them the money. So they need to keep you like that. That's part of the business, right? Uh, if they're not going to pay you for the service, they need to at least front the money for you to live somewhere, right? Like all the players in the NFL draw a salary, then they, they then pay their rent and their food and all that kind of stuff. Well, we need you here to make us this money from athletics. So we will pay for your room. We pay for your board. We pay for all the books to keep you eligible and all those kinds of things. Right. So like it's, you know, it's getting paid, but it's getting, you're getting paid in the sense of they're paying for the stuff they need to pay for, to keep you eligible. Right. The investment is your eligibility, you playing for them. Uh, so it's not really like you getting, you reaping the rewards of, of this. Some senses you are, but like, you're not, directly reaping the rewards. You're not getting a paycheck. You're not drawing that. So I think that has to be considered in all of this. We make money off the backs of players. It is, uh, you know, these athletes, it's laughable to me that the Big Ten doesn't want to be predatory and end the Pac-12. Number one, it's just funny. And like they, 
you know, they took USC and UCLA. They caused a lot of this destabilization. It's happening for a long time, but they caused it. Fox was the one in tow. You know, Fox kind of is a big culprit, but the Big Ten obliged and went and got USC and UCLA, right? Well, now, if they wait, they're going to be in a better spot, right? Oh, we don't want to blow up the conference. Okay, sure. Well, if the three four-corner schools leave for the Big 12, um, there's six Pac-12 schools left. And you'd be swooping in and getting schools in a very difficult situation, and you'd be getting them for a very large discount. Adam Rittenberg tweeted this out. The potential West Coast additions to the Big Ten wouldn't come into the league with full revenue shares like USC and UCLA did, per sources. So would be uh, it'd be more on the Rutgers-Maryland plan from 2014. Certainly still stronger money than the Pac-12 is seemingly offering, but a factor. Totally agree with that. That is definitely a factor. But still, that's why they're doing this, right? They're going to get these schools at a serious discount. Um, and they get them at, at more of a... Here's the thing. The Big Ten's fine if they don't add these schools. You know why you wait? Because actually you're fine. Like You don't need to get Oregon and Washington right now. You might be able to get them down the road because if they stay in a Pac-12... It's not a strong situation. The next time they're negotiating TV contract, it doesn't feel like they're going to be in the driver's seat, uh, you know, for where they want to be unless, you know, Oregon and Washington win some national titles and all of a sudden, you know, they, they're big brands, but they keep getting better. Uh, you know, they're going to kind of be in the similar spot than they are right now, especially because they aren't attached to a lot of great brands. They'd add some more, but it's not like they're going to be more valuable because of San Diego State and SMU and whatnot. And that needs to be considered in this situation as well. Okay, so like the Big Ten does not need to get them. But guess what? If they see a 16 Pac-12 and they can add more West Coast partners that academically line up with them and athletically, especially with Washington, Oregon, fit the profile, um, add those schools for sure at a really good discount. And eventually they become full members or maybe even say, look, you're in a bad spot. We're not going to make even a full member in the next TV contract. Uh, you know, you'll still be making less, but it'll be more than you would be making now. Now, I doubt that would happen. I bet they eventually kind of go on that Maryland Rutgers plan, become full members and whatnot. But the Big Ten does not have to move. They have the luxury of being able to wait because they can get a best deal possible if they just wait. It's the same thing that we were talking about with the TV companies right now, y'all. Uh, guess what? If the TV companies just wait right uh, on the Pac-12, they know that they have all of the leverage. ESPN does not have to offer a big deal. ESPN for 20 million per school might get to pick up some more late out inventory, but not have to pay for 10 schools, right? They might just have to pay for four schools in the Big 12, a conference they already have inventory for, and they're going to get some late out action with Colorado and Utah and uh, Arizona and Arizona State and whoever else they play. They're going to BYU, right? And then playing other schools, they'll fill out those late, late night windows. Fox, same principle here. As you add more schools out that direction, they only have to pay $10 million uh, or whatever it is, you know, roughly $10 million per school, right? And they still get that late night action that they want. That sounds weird, but they get that late night games, get those late night uh, slots full. Because once again, guys, the, the benefit of the Big 12, the Big 12 offers these TV companies. Fox even said it. Uh, John Oren said it in his reporting. The Big 12 offers competitive, exciting football matchups on a week-to-week -week basis in a league that has got some strong brands, Oklahoma State, TCU, Texas Tech, but they're not the Alabamas of the world, the Texas of the world. Sure, they're not, but they're strong brands. You know, they offer great games. Uh, TCU, Baylor, banger. Uh, let's see, I'm trying to think what else this year. It was uh, Oklahoma State, uh, you know, Baylor was a, a Fox game. They, they tossed them there. 
TCU, Texas Tech on that, you know, if any team in the Big 12 makes that kind of a run, you can put their games on Big Fox as well, Fox Sports 1. The Big 12 satisfies that need because they can be slotted in any time slot. You can put them at 11 a.m. Eastern time. You can put them at 10 p.m. Eastern time. They fill out all of those windows, and that's their value right now. And they'll continue to add value. If they add those schools that fill those windows and also weakens their uh, television opponents. So that's what the Big 12 is, is, you know, has a chance to do here when they come to talk about adding to their value. Those television companies you know, can, can get involved. Um, and look, if, the Pac-12, if, if Apple TV Plus doesn't get Pac-12 football, I don't think they're going to be too torn up about it. You know, they, they still other ways they can get involved in the college sports space if they want to sublet games from a conference. Now, it's going to be a bit harder because you're going straight streaming and uh, you might lose visibility on some of that. But, you know, you can come in and if you want to sublet some games, I know people don't love doing it, but if that's that important to you, that's what the CW did. So why couldn't Apple TV Plus do it? Right, it might cost them a bit more because they've got a vulnerable Pac-12 right now. But the problem is those schools don't have to take that bad deal, right? Those uh, the Apple TV is coming in right now because they've waited out the Pac-12 and know they're getting a pretty good deal as it sits right now. The Big Ten can wait in the same way because uh, in the, the the Big Ten doesn't need them. Apple TV does not need Pac-12 football. They'd like to have it; it'd be nice at, on their terms. The Big Ten wants to have those schools on their terms, but they don't have to add those schools. Apple TV does not need Pac-12 football. Uh, they don't have to do that. And to break into the space, sure. You know, they might say, well, Josh, different. They don't have any college football. Sure, you're right, but it's not like they don't have any live sports. They've got baseball. They've got uh, MLS. They've got those sports right now. You know, this, was, this could potentially be their entryway in, sure, but if they really are really committed to it, yeah, they could be a player for the Big 12 in 2024 or whatever the remnants of the Pac-12 are they can still try to scoop those up depending on where those schools go, how many teams are left, et cetera. So uh, that is the one way it would be different, but they can wait out these situations because they know that, hey, look, like if Apple TV doesn't end it, yeah, we don't have college football, but it's not the, it's not the biggest problem in the world, right? So that's, that's where they are. Continuing on here, the Big Ten was for generations Midwestern based and a like-minded membership. The modern realities of college athletics, though, is to go to bigger in search of marquee matchups featuring big branded teams that can draw millions of viewers. The Big Ten's thinking if uh, the Pac-12 is going to be decimated anyway with the departure of Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah, and 20-team national conferences are in the future, why not act now when the conference is already in transition? It could just add Oregon Washington, but at, at this point, why not bring Cal and Stanford along? Yeah, I think that, so the Cal and Stanford thing is an interesting point. I think people's mileage differs, differs on this. And I say this as somebody who was born out in the West Coast, who likes West Coast football. And I've told you all too, like, you know, I, I think um, I'm a progressive person, I'd say, you know, when it comes to politics. But like, I would say that I would, I think a lot of that snobbishness and elitism has hurt the Pac-12. I think the idea of uh, them not wanting to add Big 12 schools, 100%, you know, because they're not aligned or where they're located or whatever, 100% hurt them. That ego, that, you know, I guess that ego, you could say, um, that, uh, you know, saying the differences were too much short-sighted, man. It's really short-sighted. I, I, and, and the same thing would go around the other way. If, if people were like, well, I don't, I don't want, I remember I had a comment a while ago and people were kind of going around towards it that, uh, I don't want Oregon or Washington, you know, those liberal schools, you know, we'll, we'll be playing two and touch football before too long. If we let them in look like those schools are yes, pretty progressive schools, but like, do they add value to the league? Yes. Does it hurt the Pac-12? Yes. Then sign me up because it's good for the health of the Big 12. If I'm a Big 12 fan, if I'm a Big 12, uh, you know, does it mean more security for my school? 
right? So I think that's how you have to think about this. And the Big 12 has been much more of the open arms, large umbrella, religious schools, large state universities, different locations. They have been the much more willing to accept the situation. And I think because they've been the more progressive conference, because they've been the more uh, aggressive conference, it's paid off. And that ego and that elite is elite, elitism that the West Coast schools showed uh, is has worked against them. And, and I'm, I'm not just trying to make a point here and do the whole like culture war thing, but Think about it. They thought the Big Ten deal applied to them. You know why? Because Big Ten schools are like Pac-12 schools. Except, you know what? There's no Ohio State. There is no Michigan. They might say, we have Oregon and Washington. Uh, yeah, you do. But like Ohio State and Michigan are top dogs. And then they have Penn State and Michigan State and Iowa and Wisconsin. Down the line, uh, you don't have that. Now they have USC and UCLA too. You do not have that. You don't have the depth of the large brands in the way that those schools do. Might have the quality of universities, sure, but uh, you know we're talking about major college athletics here. You got to play the game. The Big Ten, they can they can be a bit pickier, right? Because they're in a different spot. Uh, you can't, and you have been, and that's cost you. When it's come to adding schools, it's cost them. When it's come to taking a deal earlier on, oh uh, no, no, we're, we're like the Big Ten. We're, there's a bit, there's a better deal out there. Uh, we we know what we're worth. It's cost them. The shopping comment cost them. They're they're oh it's, it'll be a few weeks. We'll get it done. Don't worry. It's cost them. Their public arrogance and their decision-making behind closed doors, which feels like a little bit nose in the air, in my opinion, has cost them. Um, and look, like, I don't mean to be that, I don't mean to be that, to be the guy who's just like anti-Pac-12. You know, it, it hurts me to see that conferences go away. Like I loved watching Deshaun Jackson, Stanford, Stanford versus uh, UCLA was one of my favorite memories growing up when Jim Harbaugh's team beat that USC team. What a freaking game. What a memory. My dad and I jumping around in my living room watching a game on versus like I love the history, the passion, the culture. That's what makes this sport great. But you, you didn't, ha you're going to lose a lot of that here. It sucks. But I mean, and I, and I feel mostly bad for fans like Washington state, Oregon state fans. A lot of people are getting into this. So the uh, big 12 schools have been there. That's why I feel bad for them guys. 26, uh, 20, when the, when Oklahoma and Texas left, that was really challenging for me. I was very concerned about my career at Sirius XM working on Big 12 radio. I was very concerned about the future of the league. I had just started my Locked On Big 12 podcast pretty recently as well. I was really concerned. And uh, I understand the anxiety and, and the, you know, the, the worried feelings. We, we all get that here in this league. Whether you cover it, whether it pays the bills, whether you love your school, whatever. We all, all felt that. And I feel bad for... Uh, you know, Johnny, uh, Johnny Appleseed, you know, who loves his apple cup in, in Washington state, who just wants to see his wazoo Cougars. And, and I know people say oh, Kirk Schultz, whatever, like Kirk Schultz has just been trying to do what he can to support his league. Cause his team is, uh, his school is not as desired as other schools. And it sucks. And it sucks for Oregon state that they're not being talked about at all. in Any of this too. All right. Like I feel much worse for their fans. Uh, Stanford and Cal, I, I feel bad for their fans too. Cause their administrations don't take the sports seriously enough. So there's a bunch like, Stanford does not deserve to play power five college basketball. Jared Haas still staying as their coach is just not, that ain't bro. That, that ain't it. Cal had a terrible season pretty recently too. It was at Mark Fox, whoever it was, they went like three and 28 or whatever it was just terrible, 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 terrible. Um, you know, and so like, it doesn't seem like the investment is, is, has been there. Cal football obviously has fallen off and starting to get some better players or relaxing some of their, you know, they've committed to Justin Wilcox, but hasn't gone particularly well. And then also Stanford too. I mean, I like David Shaw, but it just seems like they are not as willing 
to lower their standards when it comes to academics to make sure they can get certain players in to be competitive. And that is something you have to consider sometimes. Like people say, well, Big Ten schools, they're great. They've got high athletic, uh, high academic guys. I know people who went and played at Big Ten schools. Uh, it's there. I know some folks who have played it in college that we all did. We all knew athletes like who should not have been there or academically could not have qualified. Uh, and I'm not even sure a mix of the athletics plus the academics could even justify them being there. Uh, you know, it's just all athletics is the reason why they're there. And I'm surprised they went some of those schools, but that's how you compete. You have to be more lenient with stuff like that. And that's why Notre Dame can get good players, but they, it's, it's tough for them, right? They hit a ceiling because it's a great tradition. It's a great school. It's great visibility, but man, they've got some really tough standards. It's hard to go get in that school and play there. Um, that, that That's what hurts some of these schools. And look, you don't have to completely crater your standards, but I, I think across the board, like there needs to be a lowering of the guard for West coast schools in their decision-making moving forward because it really costs them. I, I, they're like, I don't think it's just arrogance, but like the, the idea that they have, they're the PAC 12 and they'll be able to get this thing done and they shouldn't worry at all. And we haven't decided if we're going shopping there yet. We're not worried about the big 12. Like they've just, there's so much egg on their face time and time again. And some of it, they could have stopped some of it. They, they couldn't have, but it's all combined and how they've handled it publicly has been even worse too. So uh, that's kind of where we are. This like they're in a really bad spot. And, and look, it's funny because the Big Ten can sit there and just wait and do a yes, do a no right now on Oregon and Washington. The, the future of the Pac-12 now belongs to Arizona, Utah, and Arizona State, who like the Big 12, uh, the, the Big Ten rather, don't want to be the singular cause the conference collapses, um, which I find interesting too. It's like, look, y'all's job is not to preserve the, the Pac-12. Your all's job is to look out for your universities and your schools. That's why when the Big 12 presidents might bring up Gonzaga or uh, Brett Yormark brings up Gonzaga, the Big 12 presidents might say, yeah, it sounds fun, Brett. We know you love your hoops, buddy, but uh, that ain't going to work for us financially. It's expensive travel, and we're not sure they bring enough value to the league. And I'm, I'm Gene Taylor at uh, K-State. I'm, I'm Gordon uh, G. Gee at uh, West Virginia. I don't want to give up any of our money to potentially add them, although we think down the road it can make us some more money. We don't want to take that risk. Yeah, that, that's, that's why kind of that thing happens. And I'm not saying that happened for sure. I'm just saying that's the kind of uh, dialogue back and forth that has made the Big 12 Conference successful. And I think those presidents should show the foresight. I think Jason Shear put it pretty well. Like the decision has become crystallized. It's become clear. Here's the thing, guys, Utah people have said whatever they wanted. You know, they, they've gone, Utah fans, I know the truck stop conference stuff, and a lot of them don't want to go. I welcome them with open arms. That's a quality ass football school, man. That's a good ass football program and a great venue that offers a cool rivalry like the Civil War in house in conference with a. I mean, you know, I think you have a pretty hard time convincing me that Kyle Whittingham is not one of the ten best coaches in college football right now. You have a really difficult time convincing me of that. Um, so, with all of those things in mind, uh, you know, I'm saying like right now he is. I mean, back to back Pac-12 championships. Uh, you know, and also to, they did it by beating USC twice and beating Oregon twice, right. Uh, in, in consecutive years. So I think he's an awesome coach. I, I'd be glad to have, I, I don't care about the animosity, whatever, but the animosity happened when we play the games guys, but at least we're all making money. We're all together and we're all, we all have a, have a home and our games are on TV and there's no extra, you know, we, we don't have to pay the price, you know, Apple TV and you know, uh, whether we have more support staff being hired or not is not going to depend on whether or not our school hits a subscription number. That is a problem that needs to be addressed. And so I feel like these schools and look, 
I, I, you know, I'm, I cover the big 12, but like, it's time to make it. So you don't have to make it right now in this moment was what I'm saying, but the decision is, is become crystallized. It's become clear what you need to do when you're talking about securing the future of your league and will ultimately lead to the end of the pac 12. Yeah, maybe. And those schools feel feel more guilty now, Utah, Arizona, Colorado, or, uh, uh, um, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, they feel more guilty now knowing that, hey, if they leave, it's ball game. It kind of was ball game anyway, but it's definitely ball game. Yeah, they might, but you, your job is to look out for Arizona. Your job is to look out for Arizona State if you're the board there. Utah's job is to look out for Utah. And look, Utah should want to hang in that league as long as possible because guess what? They've gone to back-to-back Rose Bowls and they've been beating good teams and they own the league and they have a good sense for it. But once again, rent is due and the rent is coming due and you, know, you need to make sure you can make the payments. Uh, and going to Rose Bowls is great and everything. You know, everything's, it's been an, it's been an awesome apartment that Utah has just moved into. It's a lot of fun and everything, but, um, that apartment might be a little bit too expensive for them. It's been a lot of good parties and a lot of good people. People love going to, to Utah's house and hanging out, but man, uh, you know, Utah is, is throwing the, uh, you know, it's a group of friends and they're throwing the best college parties at their house right now, but man, that rent is pretty high. So the senior year, you might have to go and move into a different apartment, right? You might have to go, uh, you know, uh, still a good, good apartment, still a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of stability there, just to use a different analogy. But, they, you know, you're going to have to make a call on this. You don't have to do it now, but you should make a call on this and you don't need to keep waiting. The, you know you're going to get the money uh, at this point in time. And I, I think we're all just like, what else is there to do? Uh, Klyavkov had to make a presentation yesterday and it was not sufficient. And the only reason he could do it was because he was forced to do it. It's not going to get any better. Time going by does not make it more compelling. It does not. So I think the decision is becoming crystal clear. I'm not saying decision has to happen right now. Think about it. Talk about it. But I don't know how you arrive at a different conclusion considering the fact that you now have millions of dollars tied up in subscriptions and you don't know if you're going to hit those marks. And it could be gangbusters if you do, but you're going to be in a massive hole and not able to do some things. And look, when you're talking about budgets and athletics and things like that, in colleges, you'd rather have the sure thing, in my opinion, especially when you're a school like Arizona or Utah or Arizona State, you're not top of the line. Um, and there's room for growth. You're trying to grow the programs or keep them at a certain level. You want to make sure that you can get the guarantees that you can. You don't want to have to really rely on boosters in certain settings for certain donations because uh, you know the subscription numbers aren't where you want them to be. So I think the decision there is is available to them. And yeah, man, I mean, I mean, if Arizona and Arizona State and Colorado leave, or excuse me, if Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, if they all leave, man, that's a kill shot. That's the kill shot. Because uh, what are Oregon, Washington going to do? Uh, the Big Ten is going to say, all right, we'll offer you this much. And the answer is yes, we go. Yes, we will go. Unless like you kind of get into the realm then where you actually could do the Notre Dame thing or Washington, Oregon could be like their own pairing. But also, who are they playing? <laughs> Who's in their schedule? Because their conference now is only, only has six teams. So, you know, you could add some more schools, but do you want to add Boise and Fresno and make that, you know, like the, uh, the deal? So I, I, don't, I don't think I'd want to. You could, skew the, you could skew the revenue ultimately, but I'm not sure somebody's going to pay enough to make it worth it for everybody to do it. So, yeah, I mean, they're in a bad spot. And we'll go through what Ross Dellinger write, uh, wrote. We'll talk more about it. But if the Big Ten ultimately decide, now here's the thing, guys. The Big Ten could say, you know what? I know it's not worth it. But 
You can get Oregon, Washington at a discount, Stanford and Cal at a pretty big discount. And we'll see about Stanford and Cal. Give you more West Coast partners, make it easier to have more of your East Coast teams go over there or Midwest teams too. play more games over there. And it's not just, well, we only have two, whatever. Like that's, that's pretty worthwhile to have. I think it's really worthwhile to have for a, for a league like this. Uh, and you get them at a, once again, very good price. And they fit a lot of the things that you want. You could say no in the end of the day, but if, if that league breaks up, like, I don't know why you wouldn't extend the life raft to those schools. It just makes too much sense not to, uh, in my opinion. I'll say once again, and Stuart Mandel doubted that these TV companies, you know, would give enough money. I th- let me see what Stuart said. Um, he got a couple things I didn't like that he said recently. Uh, he said that, let's see, so it's going to be difficult uh, to do essentially. And he says the Pac-12 and the Big 12 or ACC should consider a merger again. He says the issue for the Big 10, Ari, those West Coast schools would be how to pay them. Fox, CBS, and NBC are not going to pony up another $70 million per school. They won't have to. Uh, ESPN, Apple are lowballing them in the Pac-12. And travel expenses go up for everyone. They'd come at a steep discount. Yeah, but like you can figure this out and make the money work. You're adding USC and UCLA. And I know you're still trying to figure out travel things for that, but this makes it harder. Like there's just another partner that you have out there. You know what I mean? You can, you can, when you're going out West, like it's more like the West coast schools can also play more West coast schools. The football schedule is 12 games, right? So if you, if you do pods, you could pot it to where basically the West coast schools are potted. So like you could have USC play UCLA, you know, you, what, you, what if the four, excuse me, the four California schools play each other every single year and then also in football, you have, uh, you know, you flip between Oregon and Washington as an alternate. So at least five-year conference games every single year end up being schools in the Western time zone. And then if you're going, let's just say it's a 10-game conference schedule or nine-game. Other four can be schools where it's like, okay, you're going to go play Ohio State. You're going to play Rutgers. You're going to play Maryland. You might say, well, it's almost like a weird divided conference, but doesn't that make more sense? Doesn't that make the schools more money? Isn't that what this entire exercise is for? So it might not feel like they're fully part of a conference, but still it would make a lot of sense. And you're still having like half your games there, half the games of the other part of the country. You know, so I think it's plenty. Uh, there's plenty of reason this does make some sense. I mean, sure, travel-wise, like I guess there's more happening, more trips, right? But if you're thinking about it like that, like you could have the West Coast schools play each other a lot and then divide the schedule up to where, you know, you're making less trips back to the East. Because now USC and UCLA, I mean, you're going to do that as a road swing for basketball. That's what they always do. But um, and for basketball too, you know, you'd have to do that. Yeah, I would go to Oregon and Oregon State, uh, Oregon and Washington, right? You have to double up on that. Um, but you know, what if you stay out there for a week and a half, right? And I think kids, the, the the course load for them typically is lower during those seasons. So what you could have, you know, do is look, you spend uh, a week and a half out in California, and you play Cal on Thursday, you play Stanford on Saturday in basketball. Then on Thursday or Wednesday, you play uh, USC in basketball, and then you play UCLA on Saturday in basketball. And you're out there for a week. And, you know, you're able to do all play those schools, and then you come back. And in a basketball season, maybe you wouldn't have to play. You know, you play four of the six schools that are out there. So I think there are ways that they could do this. Now, let's again, it's, it's expensive, yeah, you know, to keep yourself out there, but you have to work it out to, hey, what's more important, the amount of traveling out there, Coming back. And so I also think once again, like they're going to be able to figure this out money wise. There is a dollar figure that works for them. And what's the alternative if those schools leave? If it's a six school league, I think even a massive discount for Oregon and Washington 
it would mean more to be in the Big Ten than it would be to be in a zombie Pac-12. I honestly believe that. That's why I think that, you know, those three schools leaving would be the kill shot. And, and then, I mean, then, you know, the Big Ten could really stick the spirit through the heart. But also, they started this entire thing anyway. And once again, these schools can be like, you know what? We'll take the risk. We'll roll the dice. But the Big 12 and the Big Ten here, and actually functionally Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah, have the ability to say, yeah, no, we're, we're good. Uh, we're going we're gonna, to, we're gonna, you know, land the final punch. It'd be interesting, though, to see if those, the four corner schools stayed, the three corner schools, I guess now. Is there a way that Oregon and Washington and all them would still go to the Big Ten? Because I think that's ultimately where they want to go. It could be. It could be possible. Um, and I think those schools would end up leaving anyway. So, I mean, really, it feels like uh, it feels like, you know, everybody's knocking on the door and there's a big reason why. And it's going to be talked about behind the scenes now. But the reporting is starting to happen. The pieces are not been positive, And there's not a whole lot of good Pac-12 momentum right now. There hasn't been for a while. That will do it for today's show. We'll really attack what Ross said uh, coming up tomorrow more about the, the, the Big 12 and kind of why all this is happening. And uh, Stuart Mandel made a comment about Arizona and Colorado not being very good football programs. It's like kind of missing the point of all of this. I'll break that down tomorrow, come up tomorrow's show. But follow us on Twitter at NWPod365. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Just mention that. Crystal Ball College Football is where you guys can find us. Five plus days a week, Big 12 content. Please subscribe to the channel, like the videos, leave some comments as well. See you tomorrow, folks.